Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So it's uh, all for play for still. I think so. Do you want to bet against us? Hi, villains, and welcome to For the Love of Paul McGrath podcast. And this is Neil Dunwich, your host, and I'm here with an effervescent Paddy Kelly, from the who, who it turns out is not the only Paddy Kelly. They say there's two Paddy Kellys, the fan sing from the from the, the, the fan wall, the virtual fan wall that we have set up here, which we don't have any virtual fan wall set up. But it turns out there's another Paddy Kelly who I thought was an imposter. I thought Paddy had gotten that famous that there was someone who was after setting up a troll account for him on Twitter. But it turns out there's another uh, wonderful Villa fan called Paddy Kelly. And if you're listening to the podcast, there's your shout out. But uh, I have um, the normal, I was going to say the normal Paddy Kelly, but there's nothing wrong with the other one as well. So uh, <laughs> I have the regular the Paddy Kelly here <laughs> with me today again. Paddy, we're one game away from safety. We're one, or we're one game away from despair uh, at this weekend. And, we're going to talk about yeah. it. We're going to talk about the permutations. But how are you feeling on this Friday evening to roughly about 54 hours before the... the yeah, I was, log- I was logging in here and I was I, I just cast my mind back to when we recorded the podcast before the cup final. And I was trying... It kind of feels the same way that you're, you have this big cup final on Sunday, although it's not a cup final and it's stressful and everything else. It feels like a cup final I'm excited yet apprehensive in the same feeling. It's it's like a bit of a heaviness, um, hard to describe, but um, I think we're uh, I think we're in good form. I think we're uh, I think we're in a good place to go and uh, attack this now. So um, yeah, I am I'm optimistic. Um, probably a little bit less optimistic than I was after the, <laughs> the game the other night. But I think that was just adrenaline taking over the other night. But uh, um. Obviously, this is Aston Villa. We don't do things the easy way. So, 
uh, that's always in the back of your mind. But um, all things considered, what we've done in the last few weeks and the fact that West Ham are safe, we should hope to go and win this and hope that Watford don't better us. That is above all. <laughs> and, yeah. of course, we, we can hope that Mikel Arteta is a man of his word and they go and give Watford a, a spanking and... Uh, they take some revenge for uh, Troy Deeney's comments a few years ago. Yeah, I, I, we, we, I suppose, actually, I didn't plan on going to that later on in the podcast, but I think we will because it's pertinent and we are going to talk about the, I just wanted to use the word pertinent really, but I, <laughs> we, <laughs> we, uh, we are going to talk about the permutations about what's going on again uh, at, at the weekend. And I know you've probably seen them on, on social media, but I suppose it is important to, to talk about I suppose the the stark reality of each of those happening, whether it is a reality or whether it is a shock result, and um, you know we don't want to overlook any shock results as the championship has, has showed us during the course of the week. With Nottingham Forest needing to over, uh, or Nottingham Forest would have stayed in the, the playoff places only for a six goal turnaround. And if one of my mates Ty Keating is listening to the podcast, I do empathise with you, Ty, but uh, stick with him. Um, they're going to come good someday. Uh, and I didn't mean that in a tongue-in-cheek way. I really do hope that they become good, being one of the more historical teams in, the, in, in exactly, England. Exactly, yeah. You always have a soft spot for the likes of Forrest. I was absolutely dumbfounded at the course of events the other night. I was sitting in my sister's house and my nephews had it. They come up with this harebrained plan that there was going to be three, at least three goals in each game. And I think they put a fiver on it and they stood to win nearly three grand. By God, did they come close? <laughs> I think there was only one or two games that there wasn't three goals in. Yeah, and uh, because of that, I, you know, my awareness to what was going on was so heightened because of it. But Jesus, the only thing that wasn't decided that day, that day was the the champions. You know, anything could have happened. I think you had it was bonkers. One or three, maybe, could have gone into the automatic spot if things went to plan, and then you got four of. Poor Six Wigan. maybe that could have been the playoffs, it was, and then you had the Wigan thing. Um, Jesus, it was unbelievable. Um, and, and that Wigan thing is actually a bit shady as well, from from the the league point of view as well. The fact that uh, I read somewhere today, and now I must admit that it wasn't maybe I couldn't vouch for the reputability of the actual publication yeah. that I read this in, but apparently the hearing won't be until the week before, or the the actual outcome could potentially go to the week before the championship season starts in uh, six weeks' time. And like, where are you going? Like, what does Paul Cook do? What do Wigan do? Do Wigan invest? Do they do an RS Janet? Do they just stay That's pat? Terrible. What the hell? What yeah. do you do? Yeah. Um, so but look, this isn't the Wigan podcast, I suppose. Yeah. But <laughs> no, no, should we, we we could have very easily been in the same spot ourselves. Remember, this is, we're only a couple of years past from you know it was this time a year or two, if memory serves me correct, that our new owners came in. So. Um, you it was, know, we, it was we a year ago during the week, actually. Two uh, yeah. one year ago during the week. Yeah. Two years. It was two years ago. Two, sorry, two years but ago. We, yeah. we, we, like I remember having a couple of weeks really worrying about the future and, and what was going to happen. So um, thankfully it went the way it is and we're back in, in the promised land and hopefully after Sunday we'll be still talking about being in the promised land. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I'll just, you, you, got, you, have to, you have to mention how unbelievable that division is it's without a doubt the hardest division to get out of. So for us, 
it's absolutely vital that we stay where we are and invest and push on. And I've no doubt now that we're in a good position to do it. It's just my heart tells me that we're Aston Villa and we don't do anything the easy way. Yeah. And to do it the easy way, we go out and we beat West Ham 3-0 like we did in 2010-2011. And uh, that what a, like we did at the start of the season, Kevin McDonald was in charge. Um, it was, was it just, I can't remember who got sacked that time. Uh, oh sure, it must have been um, Martin O'Neill. O'Neill. Must have been Martin O'Neill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, James Milner scored the last one. I think Stephen Petrov got a beautiful header. I, I don't know why I'm saying. I think I know because I put the highlights up on Twitter only only an hour ago. And um, who got the first goal? I can't remember who actually got. Oh, it's Stuart Downing. So Downing, Petrov, James Milner. Milner. <laughs> Three yeah, good players. Three of them play on Sunday. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I looked up the other highlights I had up yesterday as well, and we had Inzogbia and Benteke. Got two oh, goals. And I remember fucking tongue lashings I used to give about Charles Inzogbia, all the talent he had, and like the lack of effort that, that he used to give. But uh, yeah, it was. Uh, they're, they're completely different times. They seem like so far away. Well, I know that they're 10 and and, and 8 years away, but our goal, should I say, but still. It's just hard were, to believe, isn't it, that it's that long ago? <laughs> that long ago. There's a lot of water under the bridge since then. But Absolutely. we do have to beat, beat uh, West Ham United. West Ham United have got nothing to play for other than the integrity of the league and to put out some decent team. Um, Bradley Darbin of the, um, the, the, the US Hammer, Hammers podcast, uh, I'm after butchering the, the the name of the podcast apologies um really good guy on on twitter uh he had he was on to me today and i've asked him to give a to maybe send a nicely worded letter to david Moyes, maybe to um to let a couple of guys sit out the game at the weekend <laughs> whether they do or whether they don't whether they do or whether they don't you know it's um it's still one of those games that i think that if we did need to win it we would be which we do need to do. Uh, we will be yeah. well capable of winning a game like this. Um, well, look, they, 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 your your uh, your hopes may not fall on deaf ears. They, you know they'll be missing possibly Jared Bowen and Aaron Creswell, yeah. um, who are both doubtful. As is Ryan Fredericks, who we don't want to to look at again ourselves. And uh, other other than those three and Snodgrass, who obviously has been out kind of medium term. Um, They've got a clean bill of health, but it'll be interesting to see what kind of team they put out. But uh, who knows? <laughs> you know, all I'm worried about is is that uh, we we do our own job and and hope that uh, Arsenal can go and do us a favour. That's all I want. Yeah, and and like realistically, we don't don't see any reason why we shouldn't hold out hope for that. You know, even if we get a point. Like, like the, it's well known that the permutations are as such that we get a, we better or equal or better West Ham's result, we stay up, provided that it's not a loss and we don't lose by uh, more goals than West Ham. Um, we, if we win the game and West Ham win, but they win by more goals than us, by two, go, two more goals than us, or sorry, oh, we, Watford, Watford win, Watford yeah. win, um, and they win by two more goals than us, they stay up, we go down. And then the curveball, obviously, being that if Watford and us lose and Bournemouth win by two more goals than us, Bournemouth stay up, stay and up both and Watford and, and ourselves go down. So the permutations are there. That's, it's, that's that in a nutshell. Um, 
we can't like if, if all three teams draw, we can't go down. If we win by more goals than both of the other two teams, we can't go down. Um, so I suppose the easiest way to do it is win and worry about what happens afterwards. Exactly. Keep the defence tight, play the way we've been playing. Um, and, you know, we do our own job. We won't have to worry about anyone else. I firmly believe if, if we go out and win 1 0, it'll be enough. Um, <laughs> put it filler. So let's see what happens. And I don't mean to put a, a dampener on it. That's just me being nervous now at this stage. I do believe we've got enough to do it. I do believe we're going to do it. But uh, it's just that little that little man in the back of my head is going, remember when this happened? Remember when that happened? <laughs> so, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's straightforward. Win, win the game and it should be enough. I, I think it would, if we win the game, it's going to take a miracle for Watford to beat Arsenal 3-0, which is technically the way it'll go if we win. They'll need yeah. to win 3-0, don't they? Yeah. If we draw if we draw nil all, they need to win 2-0. Put it that way, like. Uh, mm. Sorry, yeah. no, they just need to win, don't they? they, just they yeah, to... sorry, that's correct. Yeah, 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 yeah. If we won one nil, they need to win three nil. Exactly. Yeah. I you mentioned there as well, and I'm just looking at some statistical analysis of what of uh, West Ham there as well, and this gives me a lot more hope for the weekend, I suppose, as well. That you mentioned they're missing Aaron Cresswell, and I know that he's been in and out of the team, former England international, but he it does look like he potentially could be out at the weekend. 41% of all, and sorry, and you mentioned Jared Bowen as well. 41% of all of their attacks come down the left hand side. So if you're going yeah. to be missing both of those, and I know Jared Bowen crosses over from one wing to the other, but his pace is electric. It's fantastic. Mm. And you know, Michael Antonio doesn't get into those positions in the box without Jared Bowen here and around the place and, and, and getting close to him and moving, running across him and dragging people out yeah. of space. Now, Antonio is some horse of a man. Like, he, how, like, He's gone from right back to striker in the last five years, and he's also put on about two stone of muscle and grown about three inches. Like he's he's a physical freak, um, and he's been banging him away whether he plays the weekend. Like, like I've heard, I've heard, and I couldn't disagree with calls for Mick Antonio for England, um, because why not? You know, he's most yeah. informing English striker in the league at the moment. <laughs> but yeah, I suppose if you are missing two outlets. Uh, for him in the form of Aaron Cresswell and of Jared Bone, well then you know that does play into our favour. Should he start the game at all, I would imagine maybe Sebastian Eller play, starts the game, uh, considering he's been on the bench and they cost a ton of money. And and bringing on players like that kind of um, it sets its own kind of dodgy. Uh, when I say dodgy, I mean dodgy for us. It's that some kind of dodgy feeling that these guys are wounded animals. They have nothing to play for. So they go out there with a small bit more of a wild abandon. And before you know it, Sebastian Heller has two headers gotten the first 18 minutes and we're chasing yeah. our tails. You know, so as you mentioned, we're Aston Villa. We don't make it easy. Should be the chant instead of we ask, we're Aston Villa, we do what we want from the, from the stands. <laughs> are you worried that... And I heard this, and I think it's... A, I don't know whether it's a valid question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. But would you be worried at the fact that maybe we have given ourselves this, statistically speaking, by Villa Analytics, we have a 62% chance of staying up? Are you worried that, that's the, that the team goes out and basically backs to the wall and just tries not to do anything stupid and hopes for drawing above all yeah, I don't think we, I don't think we can. 
I, do, I think we I think we need to play the way we have done over the last few weeks and and try score goals. I think he will. I think it's too much of a risk. You're risking your Premiership life by sitting back and playing like we did say against Chelsea, where we just couldn't get on the ball. We let them have it and we parked the bus as such. You know, it wasn't that we parked the bus; it's just we couldn't get the ball off them. They were just too mm. good. I don't think West Ham have that ability to to stroke the ball around and keep it for that long period of time. They have individuals in there which make them tick. You know, obviously Antonio, who you said, is the biggest worry. Um, you know, Suchek has been fantastic. Mark Noble, you know what you're getting. Declan Rice, they're very strong in the middle, as we are, as we've proved to be. Um, I think where we can get to, get at them is down our left hand side. Mm-hmm. You know, if if we have a good day down there with Jack and uh, and and Target, I think I think we can get at them down that side. Um, just watching them against Man U the other night, I thought, you know, that's that that's what I took out of it. I haven't seen them that much. I watched them beat uh, Chelsea a few weeks ago. Um, you know, when when it looked like they weren't getting anything, they, they brought on Yaramalenko. Yeah, and I thought he was—I thought he was fantastic. He absolutely bossed the game. He had loads of space for himself. Now I think that might have been Chelsea going for it at that stage as well. Um, but uh, yeah, they—they don't have a whole pile on the bench. But I would imagine Yarmolenko might start. Bear in mind the the injury woes that they have. So it'll be interesting to see um, what what whether like Aaron Queswell is a smashing player. Um, I know he was touted for Villa a few years ago when we were still in the Premier League, and but I snapped your hand off. He's he's a smashing uh, he's a smashing player. Um, two centre halves, I think, are dodgy. Don't think so many people will argue with me. They're not they're not mm-hmm. down there fighting until now because of no other reason. You know, they're they're uh, they're not they're not the complete article, so they can be got at. But they have played well in the last few weeks. There's no doubt. So. Um, yeah, I, I I don't have much more to offer. You look you looking through their bench, and you know Jack Wilshere is not the player he used to be. Um, albeit you still need to be bloody afraid of him. Felipe Anderson, um, you know, the, the, then a couple of young lads there as well. So it'll be yeah. interesting. It'll be an interesting battle because they they play in a kind of similar uh, setup to ourselves, more like a. A four, the Suchek and Roy sitting in front of the back four, whereas we just have uh, Douglas Louise. But um, it will be interesting to see what they do. If I would imagine, if if the likes of um, Aaron Creswell and um, Jared Bowen are carrying knocks, that'd be absolute madness to rush them back for this game when there's nothing to play for. Yeah. Um, Considering the league, so, the league is now on the starting again the twelfth of September, so. There yeah, is six, what? six weeks. Six short six weeks, weeks, yep. Yeah. Probably two weeks in the sun or two weeks scratching themselves in on a staycation if Yeah. Uh, I think and, I think they've, I think they've all they have to get two weeks off. I think that's the rule. Yeah. So they they'll all be off for the next two weeks and then it'll be back to uh back to reality and you don't want to pick up have... a hamstring injury which could like basically put you out of the start of next season. You know, you don't well, want miss, it right miss, now. Missing pre season as well. Yeah. That's that's exactly what you don't want to happen. So, um, yeah, it's it's a strange situation. I I would I would if put it to you this way, if Target and Jack were injured or are carrying a knock, I wouldn't want to see them this weekend either. If we were in West Ham's position, yeah, yeah, that's true. 
it's amazing. Like like we talk about West Ham and Villa and and, and you know the I suppose the the fine margins down there as well. When you look at their per match statistic over the course of this year, and when you put when you like look at just West Ham's home games, obviously they're going to be the home team at the weekend. And you just look at our away games. West Ham score two score on average two goals at home. We score on average one goal away. Um, we both average twelve shots per game, whether it be home or away. We both average two yellow cards. We both average zero red red cards. Um, in in that circumstance, as I mentioned, yeah. West Ham being at home, us being away. Um, in games this year, we've both had five corners each. Uh, we fouled twelve times as opposed to uh, West Ham's nine. We've both managed two offsides per game. Uh, we've both managed. That's an interesting one. Surely that can't be right. Surely that must be just be something that they don't. Jesus, that's mad. It, apparently, we average no throw-ins, which must be, maybe they just haven't updated that. That's that's crazy. <laughs> um, aerial aerial success, fifty-three uh, percent to West Ham, forty-eight percent to us. Uh, possession, forty-six percent, forty-five. That's something that I think is going to be huge. The fact that when we uh, we play up against uh, counter-attacking teams, we do uh, perform better. Look at Arsenal at the weekend. Um, Arsenal are a touch of a counter-attacking team and, at the moment, and we kept them in front of us, and we were able to do some good things against Arsenal and nullify them, kept them out a shot, without a shot. So West Ham only having 46% possession and us only 45% possession dictates that we're both two counter-attacking teams, which could either work in our favour or not. Yeah. Um, past success rates, 77%, 75%. And, you know, it's very, very, very uh, similar. Even the, even the areas we attack at at the pitch, um, they attack 41% down their left side. We attack 40% down ours. They attack 35% down their right side. We attack 36% uh, <laughs> down ours. And both yeah, of us attack 27 <laughs> down the middle. It's, 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 that's it's, the reason why there's, there's very little between us at the bottom. Because, Although, yeah. Yeah, because we're very, very, very similar. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's absolutely ridiculous how, how similar we are. Um, and that maybe the difference between the two teams could be one team staying, one team already being safe and one team not being safe. And, and it might give it the impetus to go on and maybe nick this 1-0 or 2-0, which would be absolutely fantastic. Um, yeah, I, 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 I kind of... I don't really know what more to say about the game at the weekend because it's uh, it's just literally that simple. Get an early goal. Actually, yeah. do you know what I would love? My perfect situation at the weekend would be a little something like this. Ten minutes into the game, Nicholas Pepe has buried one and David Luiz has put his laces through one that cracks in off the other end of the uh, underside of the bar and Watford are 2-0 down. That would be my ideal situation. What we could do is... Villa and West Ham could swap shirts and pass the ball around each other in the middle of the, in the middle of the center <laughs> circle, and we could all get pissed for ninety minutes because we yeah. know we're going to stay up. As in that, that case, a draw is no is no good to Bournemouth. They they need us to to lose. Obviously, they need us to lose. Yeah. Um. I I can see the first half being quite cagey from our point of view, and I don't mean that in a in a a negative or derogatory way. I think, you know. I think we'll see after 22 minutes when the players come off for their uh, water break that, you know, the mindset might change depending on what's going on around us. Um, you can sh- you can be sure that somebody will be updating uh, Dean Smith throughout mm-hmm. 
the first 20 minutes. And, you know, by that stage, Watford could be behind and it'll be more of the same. Keep the ball. Uh, if we lose it, you know, pack the midfield and try not try and break them down early. Um, and and then if if things change as the game go along, then, you know, we'd obviously have to go for it. But, you know, if, I think if they play that way for the first half an hour to, to half time even, um, where we can try catch them on the break as we have been doing against the bigger clubs, that might be enough. Um, and then if, if we nick a goal and go one nil up, happy days. But I reckon I reckon we'll tell a lot about what's going to happen in those water breaks because you know they've, they've they've turned into tactics breaks now as well. So we'll we'll see how it goes. It's really interesting, actually. That is, uh, yeah. Usually you would say keep a cagey till half time, but now. You, you like and Villa have done this. They've kept things very cagey until the water break. Frustrated mm. Arsenal until the water break. Frustrated, and then we actually came out and scored the twenty seventh minute against Arsenal. Yeah. Um, did we, if I'm not mistaken, do the same against Chelsea? Were we not backs to the wall? Oh no, we scored in the sixtieth minute against Chelsea. Did we? Yeah, I can't quite remember whether it was before. Was it just before the the drinks break? Yeah, it was actually. I think it was. It would have been yeah. yeah. Yeah, so like that that's that's a valid tactic. Keep it tight and then basically spring something from the drinks break. Uh mm. when people lose their shape and they lose their focus coming back from it. Yeah. It's actually just before half time we scored against Chelsea. That was it. They yeah. scored they scored uh, in the sixty and sixty around the minutes, just before the drinks break. Yeah. 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 Um, but it will be interesting. And, and when we look at the other games that are involved there as well, obviously uh, Watford Arsenal is is the one that we need to keep the biggest eye on, I suppose, provided yeah. that, you know, as long as we don't lose Bourne Radar out of this. Um, but Watford Arsenal, uh, Troy Deeney has said a lot of things about a lot of clubs. Um, I don't particularly hate or, or dislike Troy Deeney. I just think that he's a guy who walks around with a gun in his pocket and just kind of shoots himself in the foot every so often. Some of the things he says is that, like the stance he took uh, about his kid and about coming back, very honorable stance. I don't, I don't bear any ill will regards to him speaking up about that, but sometimes he kind of shouts his mouth off. Oh, Villa. Look, he's a blues fan. What the fuck do you expect? Like, you know, yeah. he's not supposed to like us. So I don't dislike him for that, but like, I can see why in 2017, when Watford were doing pretty decent and he gave it to Billy Big Bollocks about, uh, you know, uh, Arsenal's players and stuff like that. And I, and I know why the media have brought this up. It's not that the media brought this up because they wanted to do this. There's somebody within the Arsenal, within Arsenal that has brought this up as well because, you know, these things don't just magically just filter back out into in, in without uh, somebody who maybe has a tie to the club. Like maybe it could be a, a Daily Mail writer uh, that covers Arsenal that this I yeah. distinctly remembers. Wait a minute. This little tour I mentioned that about my club. I'm going to write that in the paper again, you know. So <laughs> bits and pieces like that. So, But they do have a, valid, they do have a puncher's chance just like everybody else. They have a puncher's chance yeah. at the weekend. Um. Whether it would yeah, happen or yeah, not. I'm, I'm, wary, I'm wary about what they do, but I, if if they were to beat Arsenal, it's it's not going to be by more than one goal. I can't, I can't see, yeah. I can't see them scoring uh, more than that. But hopefully, it's not going to come to that. Hopefully, go out, Arsenal go out early and, and put this to bed for us. That's the thing. Because, we only uh, needed one goal. You see, that's the, and that's the thing that kind of <laughs> kind of really really scares me as well. Everybody said if Villa beat Arsenal, they're not going to do it by more than one goal. And we only needed one goal. And yeah, oh, because it, and I hate to say this because a lot of my good friends are Arsenal fans, but it's Arsenal. <laughs> like, 
it's Arsenal. Um, gone are, like long gone are the days of Wenger, whereby you don't have Keown and you don't have Adams back there. You know, it's although mm. saying that uh, they, they do seem to have found something back there, and, and that sub goalkeeper they have is pretty decent. Um, you know, uh, but yeah, I would probably be like, I think Arsenal come out and they win, and, and they win convincingly. I think they throw things for the FA Cup final. Um, as I mentioned probably to you before, uh, made of mine's a sports scientist, and he said that it would be madness to rest people for two weeks before the cup final just because of the break that they had previously for COVID-19. Said it, yeah. From a sports science point of view, it prob- it wouldn't work from um, from soft muscle injuries and stuff like that. You would at least start your, for- your first team, and with the five subs, you can take off half your outfield players. So that's, exactly. that's the way that you would go about it. You know, Maybe make yeah. one or two changes and go about it as normal. Yeah. Um, I, I would predict yeah. maybe about a 3-1 to Arsenal. I think Watford might score, and I think Watford might give themselves a, a chance at some stage, but I think Arsenal will, will have to come up trumps here. Yeah. But like Arsenal are there to be got at, so if there, if there is an opportunity, they could be punished. But you would hope that they have enough in, in their armoury to, to turn over Watford. Um, I, I, I would predict something similar to 2-1 or 3-1 to Arsenal. I think they might score because because they have to score. Um, Bournemouth, on the other hand, have an easier game. So <laughs> we do need to beware. <laughs> we could be caught there as well, you know. So, yeah, we could be. But that, that's, but more, it, that's once, worse. Once again, that's worse as long as we now. don't lose, though. But, but like, we're going on the premise that we, we, we don't lose at the moment. Um, mm. Like... If we look at the Arsenal game, Arsenal and Watford game, um, at home, Arsenal have played an awful lot better. They've actually scored 33 goals at home. Watford have scored 12 goals away. So Super. they're averaging less than one goal a game. Yeah. Um, they're averaging points. I wonder, I wonder about... I'd like, I'd like to see the statistics if they change, if home and away matters, you know, in, in the last run of games. I yeah. doubt anyone... I doubt anyone has broken that down, but like I, I, somebody in in an interview before maybe Sky Sports before the the Arsenal game said to Dean Smith about having the uh, not having the crowd there on on the biggest night of the year when they needed them and whatever, and it was just a kind of shrug of the shoulders as if you know it didn't really matter. Obviously, you'd like to have them there, but it's kind of level the playing field for everybody. There's no. Uh, there's no intensity. There's no not that there would be. Jesus, you're a half mile from the uh, from the playing surface at the London Stadium. Yeah. So I can't imagine that ever being a daunting place to go. But uh, you know, we all know we can make uh, we can make a lot of noise at Villa Park, and we're so close to the pitch. It's an old-fashioned ground, and while we're great at getting behind the team, we're also great of. Uh, Bringing them down as well with the booing and the, you know, and the oh, you know, the the size yeah. and so, you know, maybe maybe this maybe this has helped the team not having the fans there for that reason. Like there was a lot of occasions where I spotted we were in attacking positions and the ball ends up back at Reina's feet. If that was happening in a full Villa Park, you'd, the whole thing would be absolutely <laughs> livid over it. Mm-hmm. But people need to understand that these things happen and. You know, we get behind the team, so I hope they take them on board while while the lockdown is there, and see the reason for it. Because, you know, 
I'd rather the ball go back to Reina than go back to their goalkeeper from a harmless cross. And, Absolutely. You know, yeah. The game had the game has to be played with the ball and not without it. So look, I've got off on a tangent there, but, <laughs> but no, but you're right. And, and and when it pertains to Arsenal and Watford, um Jesus, I suppose of all the fan bases, especially I suppose the the vocal fans, because I don't I don't class every fan base as the same, because there are not very many people who are the same breed as the guys on Arsenal Fan TV. To be honest with you, they're a bit embarrassing at this stage. Well, they have been for a couple of years now, but yeah. without them being in the stadium, I think with Arsenal have it going to have their probably their lowest points finish, probably their lowest positional finish, and scoring the mm-hmm. lowest game, winning the least amount, the lowest amount of away games. And most likely having the lowest goal, amount of goals scored in donkey's years, I think since Bruce Rioch's uh, reign until 1995, they're probably going to, well, Arteta is going to want to go out with a fight, uh, I, I would imagine. And when we look at it, the, like conceding goals is always the thing with Arsenal. It's not like that, they, as I mentioned, uh, there was a reason I didn't mention Vieira, Petit, Henri, Ian Wright, Sylvain Wiltord, Perez. I didn't mention, and Burkamp, I didn't mention all those guys because they can still score goals, but it's conceding them. And there's a reason I mentioned Adams and Keown because they don't have Adams and Keown anymore and they've never replaced Adams and Keown. And that's the single biggest reason as to why they have fallen down the, down the, 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 the ranks. So at home, Arsenal are conceding roughly, well, not roughly, they're conceding 22 goals per game. Away, Watford are conceding 34 goals. So there's going to be goals, I think, in this, and that's why I think it's going to be a 3-1. And that's why there being goals in this leads me to believe that Arsenal are going to lie down and be beaten 3-0 like at home and the last day of the season when the fans already want blood. Yeah. They might be beaten, but they may. I don't think they're going to be beaten by more than two goals. Like, I can't see it. No, and that was nearly my opening statement. Really. I just can't see Watford winning by two clear goals, but I can't see them winning full stop. And that's the most important thing, you know, that that they don't win. Um, obviously, it won't matter a shit if we've spanked West Ham yeah. <laughs> three or four nil. Yeah, but I can't see that happening either. So it's going to be a, it's going to be a cagey day with so many permutations. You know why we're why we're doing this, Paddy, is because our motto is prepared. Boom! See, got it in there. Got it in there. That's why we're looking at these permutations. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, look. The 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 only thing that matters is the 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 to get a win out of this one way or another. And I I honestly can't see Watford scoring more than one against Arsenal, and that's not even taking into consideration how many they succeed. So. Get a, get a goal against West Ham. If it's a draw, might be enough. I can't see I can't see us having to worry about Bournemouth, but we'll see. And we're just taking a, a very, very quick look at Bournemouth, and, and, and we'll, we'll wrap it up after that because we can maybe nearly overanalyze this as well. So to look at it, Everton have scored 23 goals at home and Bournemouth have scored 15 goals away. Uh, so like this one, I think, is going to be a bit more of a cagey affair. Uh, I, I don't know... Like it's it's very much Bournemouth might may very well win this and finish 18th, um. But as I say, this really is in our hands. Bournemouth haven't beaten uh, our Bournemouth beat Everton, should I say, earlier on this year, three one, um. But yeah. prior to, like prior to that, um, that that was probably that was around the time they were showing form because they beat us as well at the start of the season. They weren't a bad team at the start of the they season. They beat us twice. Is, yeah, yeah, and that's that's where know. we are. Where we are, I suppose. Exactly. But, yeah. uh, it's uh yeah it's 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 one of those ones that um 
got to keep definitely keep an eye on it. And if the score starts to go up and up and up, it could be a bit squeaky for us. But uh, I think that this is probably going to be a one-all draw, maybe one that win to Bournemouth. Uh, but I think if I was going to put a money on this, I'd put a, put a bet on both teams to score, but Everton to come out winners. Once again, at home, Ancelotti, you don't become one of the best managers to ever manage in Europe. Um, and want to lose away at home or lose at home on the last day of the season when you've got stuff something to prove. So I think yeah. maybe Ancelotti still does go out here and do the business with this. But I'll tell you one thing, Paddy. If somehow, without being cocky and, and God knows I've been labelled that before, but without being overtly cocky, um, if Bournemouth go down, Jesus, I'd raid, I'd raid and I'd raid and I'd raid. I'd, I'd, I'd take three or four of their players. And to be honest with you, I don't know how they're in the, how they're down here because they've got some lovely players like David Brooks. They've got like Callum Wilson. I know they've had injuries to Callum Wilson and David Brooks. And they have, yeah. you know, they've got some guys there like, like your man Rico. Their goalkeeper is young. They're superb. Like, I feel sorry for Bournemouth saying that. I, th- I think the reason they're there, though, is, and, it, and it's the same reason that ourselves and West Ham are there. We've got some really good players yeah. and we've got some mediocre players that yeah. are pulling them down. And that's, that's the long and the short of it. And that's why you end up, you know, down there at, that, at this stage of the season. Um, well, like Nor- Norwich came up, didn't spend. Well their, run, though. Their, you know, they're, they're well Pardon? run. But Norwich are oh, well, well run. Bournemouth oh, absolutely. well run. We're but they found, well out, they found out very quickly that they didn't have the talent to compete in the Premier League. And they, they didn't go about spending in, in, in January either. Whereas we came up, but, you know, we, did, we didn't buy anyone of Premier League quality, I suppose. We bought a lot of unknown players. It was always going to be tough. And, you know, we're one game away from finishing 17th and everyone's going to be happy. Yeah. <laughs> and after that, then you know if financial. Pay, I've said it so many times. Financial fair play goes out the window for this season, and we all of a sudden have a team to be reckoned with. Yeah. If we go down, that's a completely different ball game altogether. So yeah, it's uh, we go down, we're building a team to go back up, and then we got to rebuild again when we go back up. So we we need absolutely need to stay up this time. That's it's it. absolutely vital that we go and do the business on Sunday. And I've no doubt that we will do enough. We'll probably do it the hard way, but we'll do enough. Yeah, and you know what? I'm looking forward to it. If we do stay up, I'm looking forward to that whole spree. We go and spend it like a teenager in a titty bar. We go absolutely nuts with the cash and open it up. And, and yeah, Garrett Bale. That's my money's on Garrett Bale to Villa Jesus. if we stay up. Something along those lines. Jesus, I, I, he's, there's a play, he's still fantastic. Most own underutilized player in the whole in the whole uh in the whole world at the moment. That's but, um, Real Madrid for you. That's they can make or break you. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so, guys, we've rambled on for way longer than we actually pro- we actually proposed we would. Myself and Paddy both said 15, 20 minutes in and out for this one. We're coming up on about roughly about 40 or 45 minutes. Um, it's been great fun. Uh, this won't be the last one. I don't, I don't plan on taking – I never said this to Paddy, but I don't ta- plan on taking a break for the, for the off-season because there's only six <laughs> weeks of it. Um, I, I actually plan on maybe coming with a lot of shorter podcasts, uh, and, and I've got a couple of – uh, ace, not aces up my sleeve, but I have a, I have a couple of a couple of things in my mind that I want to do to kind of broaden the horizons of the podcast a small little bit. Uh, so, so keep an eye out for that. Um, uh, yeah. So, thanks very much to everybody for listening. Mister Paddy, this will be a year down doing the podcast. Uh, 
realistically, the podcast was birthed from my lines in August, I think after the Spurs game. I was supposed to do one for the Spurs game, but due to um, me missing a flight at the time, I couldn't uh, do that. So I think my very first game I did a podcast for was for the Bournemouth game, which is our second game of the season. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's been full, full on ever since. So thanks to everybody for listening. And you can find us on at Love McGrath Pod. You can find Paddy on at Villa Paddy. Um, as I say, thank you so much. We've, we've had so many different, so many new followers, so many new listeners over the last week or so. Um, delighted to see all the interaction. Um, I'm just like a giddy schoolchild, you know, with Villa at the moment and, and, and have been pretty much all the time. And I love the interaction, so keep interacting. It's, uh, it, it's absolutely great to see. Um, I'm not going to stop my positivity no matter what. No. And apolo- apolo- apologies in advance for the drunken podcast that we put out on Sunday. Oh, it's going to be <laughs> amazing. <our> celebrations. <laughs> Absolutely. It's going to be great. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I think I'll have to edit out all the burps and everything on it afterwards. But uh, we'll see. We'll see how I go with that one. But uh, yeah, four o'clock, our destiny. Uh, the, the game to seal our destiny starts uh, by half past five. By six o'clock, we should know whether we're up or whether we're down. Say your prayers, light your candles, do whatever you want to do. As I said before, pray to whichever God you believe in, pray to whichever, uh, you know, art sign that you believe in, whatever it is, whatever denomination you are, uh, make sure that you do your part. Um, if you sit in the left-hand side of the sofa and the missus sits in the right-hand side of the sofa, same places again. There's no one to do anything uh, out of the ordinary because it's, it's worked for the last three games. So this is it. It all comes down to 90 minutes on Sunday. Uh, we're well capable of winning this game and, and keeping everything in front of us. But should we need to as well, um, you know, we do have a few uh, get-out-of-jail-free cards and hopefully we don't need to lose them or, or to use them. So that's going to do it for us today. Uh, thanks so much to everybody for listening. Uh, get a good night's sleep on Saturday. And all that's left to say is up the villa. Up the villa. You can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.